On today's video, we are going to take a look at CrowdStrike. They just reported earnings earlier this week, so let's get started. Like I mentioned, today we're going to take a look at CrowdStrike and we're going to do a little bit of everything. We're going to take a look at stock price performance, historical financial numbers, their earnings results, and then just my quick thoughts on the valuation. So let's let's begin. And I think actually the first thing we should talk about is what is CrowdStrike and what they do. So CrowdStrike is a cybersecurity technology company and it's based out of California. It provides endpoint security, threat intelligence, and cyber response activities, cybersecurity um, response activities. And this is something right there, especially right now with the overall market that we're in due to COVID-19, everybody working from home, companies need to make sure their assets are protected. And that's why CrowdStrike has returned, uh, uh, we're going to see, has returned positive returns to its investors. All right, so next, let's take a look at the market cap for CrowdStrike. Market cap for CrowdStrike is about $21 billion right now at the end of day. And this is not that small, but it's not that big either. So there is some room to grow if this if we take a look. This is most likely going to be a growth company as we've been seeing most, most cybersecurity clouding and anything that has to do right now with the working from home type environment markets has seen are, are seen to be strong growth companies um so since february 20th this company has returned about 54 percent to investors and that's insane in just a little bit of amount of time but it, people are saying it's insane but remember the whole world pretty much changed in, in a, a week or two so we can understand why there has been some huge market changes. I mean, when it's a bear market to some companies, it ends up being a bull market to others. If you picked up at the low for this company, which was March 16, you would have been up almost 200%. And that it's insane. Congratulations to anybody that's holding CrowdStrike as the company has provided great returns for you. All right, so next I want to take a look at revenue growth and after revenue growth I want to take a look at the margins that this company has shown and actually before we go any further guys Don't forget to hit the subscribe button the thumbs up and the bell It helps the small channel out so much and I truly truly appreciate it Also in the comments below. Let me know Are you a, are you right now an investor of CrowdStrike or are you guys just wanting to learn more about the company? And if so, let me know some of the other companies you guys want to learn more about all right So here I'm on this amazing website known as lazy F a and right now i'm gonna take a look at revenue growth in 2019 at the end of 2019 this company grew 92 percent compared to 2018 in 2018 this company grew about 110 percent compared to 17 and in 17 this company grew 125 percent so year after year this company has shown strong growth in the revenue and we're gonna end up seeing we already know right off the bat this is gonna be a strong revenue and let me just take a quick look at the earnings results so for this past quarter this company actually had revenue growth about 85 percent which again is pretty in line with what we're seeing it's high double digits low triple digits but it has been decreasing over time now let's take a look at this company's margins gross margins and profit margins and then we're going to take a look at a free cash flow margins for this company so the first thing we're going to see is gross margins usually for software companies like this are usually pretty high and in 2019 this company's gross margins was 70 in 2018 was 65 and in 2017 was 54 so one great thing we're seeing is an increase in gross margins which is typically what you see as a growth company you're expecting as time progresses their margins continue to gradually get better so next let's take a look at profit margins and the first thing i see is 
Profit margins happen on the negative, but again, similar. We're seeing that increase in profit margins throughout the years. And this is something that it depends what type of investor. Certain investors do not like to invest companies that don't have profit yet, while other investors like growth investors usually would, wouldn't mind seeing a company like this where the profits are not making it, but you're seeing that double digit, almost triple digit growth in revenue that they're okay waiting a bit before seeing that profits. So in 2019, this company's profit were negative 30%, and that's actually pretty high. In 2018, it was negative 56%, and in 2017, it was actually negative 119%. Um, so like I said, the first thing we noticed is we're seeing that increase in gross profit and we're seeing in gross margins, and we're also seeing the increase in profit margins. Unfortunately, the profit margins are still pretty weak and we're going to see this quarter if anything ended up changing all right so the next thing we want to take a look at is this company's free cash flow and to see how if this has is also improving right in theory you want this to be similar to margins you want this to be similar as, uh, to revenue to see a uh, improvement in in free cash flow so in 2019 this company had 12.45 million dollars of of free cash flow in 2018 this was actually negative 65 million and in 2017 this was negative 88 so we are seeing an increase of free cash flow margins and free cash flow for 2019 if we compare it to this company's revenue of 2019 was 481 million this is close to 2.5 percent of free cash flow margins and hopefully we're going to see an improvement this quarter all right so now let's take a look at the company's earnings report and first thing quarter one non-gap earnings per share were two cents which actually beat by eight cents gap earnings per share were negative nine cents which actually beat by six cents revenue for this company was 178 million and we saw that was a 85.4 percent year-to-year growth and was pretty similar in line right this company's historical annual growth is very high double digits or low triple digit growth this company also saw an increase of annual recurrent revenue which is pretty amazing and this is what's driving all these companies where it's more of a subscription base and this is up 88 percent year to year which grew to 686 million dollars as of april 30th which was which over 85 million so over over 10 probably even over close to 15 percent of it was added in this quarter alone so that's pretty impressive to see this amount of growth in the subscription services next let's take a look at guidance for quarter two this company guided about 185 million to 190 million dollars of revenue and if we compare that to quarter two of last year this company made about 108 million last year so this is close to it on the top side it would be about close to another 80 percent growth in revenue so we're continuing to see that that strong double digit growth for 2021 it now sees revenue of somewhere between 761 million to 772 million where last year what did this company make last year this made 481 so again another for even for the overall year seeing the dub strong double digit growth where last year was 481 this year is expected to make somewhere around 772 million dollars unfortunately this company still expects to end up losing money next year but the margins do seem to be increasing a net loss of about 18 million dollars next year is what is expected all right so now we're here in this company's press release 
which kind of contains all the highlights for the company. I highlighted all the all the ones that I think were pretty important. All right, so the first thing we're gonna see is this company's customers grew about 105% year over year. In just this quarter, they added over 830 new net subscription customers, and that's up to 6,261. So that just this quarter alone, they added over, I wanna say over 10, maybe even over 15% of the company's total subscription in just one quarter. And remember, this is a subscription type customer. So this revenue is gonna continue. And just like us, right, when, when we get something like Netflix or some subscription base, it's usually very hard for us to get out of it. And that's same same thing with businesses. Once they kind of go into becoming a customer, the chances of them leaving is usually very low. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is they, they mentioned how they're already their customers that were already subscribed have seen an increase of spending they're spending more money they're getting more products from the company all right so now that we took a look at some of the highlights i want to take a look at this company's income statement and we already pretty much looked at the company's revenue i just want to see that breakdown so remember for this quarter this company made 178 million over that 178 more than 90 percent comes from subscription base subscription makes up 160 62 million of that 178 and you can see right compared to same time last year that was 85 million so we see a huge jump there the other part which makes up 15 million dollars out of that 178 so a little bit less than than 10 percent comes from professional service and that was 10 million uh same time last year so we are seeing a growth there but there's nothing like that growth coming from subscription next let's take a look at this company's expense and actually let me zoom in for you guys a little bit so you guys can see a little bit more um so here in ex in expenses usually for a growth company total operating expenses start to increase really high so same time last year this company spent about 92 million dollars right now is spending about 150 million dollars and you can see an increase there and the biggest increase were in sales and marketing this company last year was making was spending 56 in sales this this quarter this year spending 88 million so this company is making sure they're acquiring customer by increasing their sales team and increasing their marketing spending same with research and development right this is a technology company there's new cyber attacks there's new cyber threats so they have to make sure their thing is up to date so they're also seeing an increase in research and development by last year was 23 million this year was 40 million for this quarter so we're seeing they're spending more on on expenses for better equipment more engineers to make sure they're up to date next let's take a look at this company's asset balance sheet and if you guys know me this is my favorite document to take a look at let's just start off from the bottom this company's total assets last quarter and this is compared to last quarter not last year right because it's better to compare this to last quarter to see if there's any big fluctuation changes so total assets just three months ago were 1.4 billion dollars right now it's 1.5 billion so an increase of about a hundred million dollars in total assets and a big portion of that actually comes from total current assets and a big portion of that actually comes from cash this company's quick cash right now is sitting about one billion dollars of quick cash where last quarter this company was sitting close to 900 million dollars of, of quick cash and when i talk about quick cash i mean cash and cash equivalents and marketable securities so last quarter was about 900 this quarter was about 1 billion so we see a strong increase there of total assets now let's take a look at liabilities 
So liabilities also increased by about $100 million. And you might be like, damn, that sucks, right? We're seeing an, a similar increase of total assets in the total liabilities. But here, I actually don't think it's as bad, especially since most of that total liability growth is from deferred revenue. So last quarter, this company made about had $412 million in current deferred revenue this quarter it has 465 so an increase of 50 million dollars of deferred revenue there and in a quick second i'll talk about deferred revenue then if we take a look at non-current deferred revenue it increased by about 20 million so totally so total deferred revenue increased by about 70 million when total liabilities increased by 100 million so for me that is actually pretty good so in reality what i would consider a real liability only increased by 30 million i do that 100 million minus the 70 million of deferred revenue gives you that 30 million and total assets still increased by about 100 million dollars so to me this balance sheet is pretty pretty strong another thing is this company has no long-term debt no short-term debt so this is actually a very 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 strong balance sheet one if i was to give it a grade would be somewhere between a b or an a and just to go backtrack on my deferred revenue deferred revenue is something i personally call fake liabilities and this is just the way i think deferred revenue is let's say i have let's say you and i we have netflix we bought netflix for a year We've only watched Netflix for one month. We still have 11 months left of Netflix. That 11 months, Netflix already collected our sales for it, but they're not putting that sales into their income statement yet because that revenue has not been earned yet. They still have to provide us with some form of services. So that's considered a liability. But this company is going to give that to them. So for me, I consider this 100%, maybe 90% uh, fake liability. And for me, this total liabilities would actually be a lot cheaper, right? If we take deferred revenue of $170 million and, uh, and then the current deferred revenue of 465 that gives you about $650 million of liabilities. And this company had total liabilities of 766 So in reality, this company's total liabilities is only 100 million dollars when this company has about 1 billion dollars of cash so this balance sheet like i said i think i might screw a b plus i'll give it an a and a plus so the final thing i want to take a look at is this company's free cash flow so the free cash flow for this quarter was 87 million dollars and remember if you guys remembered how we took a look at free cash flow just a few minutes ago free cash flow for the full year of 2019 was 12 million so in just one quarter ago in just one quarter they made more free cash flow than they did the previous year so that's actually pretty good news and the next thing is free cash flow margins free cash flow margins for this quarter were 49% and that shows how how much money this company can collect with its revenue when its revenue is coming in with such strong gross profit margins so 49% is pretty strong and this is compared to 17% just a year ago and remember free cash flow free cash flow margins for 20 for the full year of 2019 was 2.5% so see this big increase here and remember this is a reoccurring revenue so it's it's something that it, they can they're going to continue to see if the customers stay with them so i understand understand why investors are paying big bucks right now for this company so one more thing just a quick look at this company's valuation so when looking at a company like this in theory you should not i don't look at forward pe ratio right because forward pe ratio 
does not make sense when looking at a growth company. What does make sense is the forward price to sales ratio. So the forward price to sales ratio for this company is 20.89. And 20.89, I, I used to look at this number pretty frequently, um, the forward price to sales ratio. But to be honest, the forward price to sales ratio leaves out a lot. It leaves out how much revenue this company is growing. It leaves out the margin growth this company is seeing. It leaves out the free cash flow, free cash flow margins this company is seeing. So I kind of created my own ratio. And again, this ratio is just for me to be able to track how a company is priced compared to other companies. It doesn't really tell me if it's overpriced or underly priced, but it tells me how it is compared to other companies. And I actually have a here and if you guys want to see it I, I take a look at a, a, a huge different a different margins here um, average revenue growth average free cash flow margins current revenue I take a look at a lot of stuff again this is this could be completely wrong but it, to me it's just a way to be able to really compare two companies with each other so I've actually been working on this for the past few days and I've actually collected a few companies to kind of help me out and see see my thing um, so first I ended up going with Google. So obviously the lower, the better. So actually let's start with crowd crowd. So, um, crowdfire, wait, crowdstrike. Why did I say crowdfire? Um, so crowdstrike right now gives me a Jose ratio of about 81. When I have, I also wanted to compare it to other growth companies in my portfolio Compared to Spotify, Spotify is about 147. So CrowdStrike in theory is cheaper than Spotify. When I take a look at just their revenue growth, their free cash flow margin growth, and their um, enterprise value to sales ratio. So Zoom actually, and this is actually pretty pretty crazy for Zoom, a company that I did not buy in. Zoom is still the cheapest when I take a look at all their growth. Zoom is my cheapest right now. Um, has the cheapest Jose ratio with fifty six point four. Crowd has a eighty one point oh nine. So to me, Crowd tells me that hey, if you're willing to pay this price for Spotify right now, then you should be more than likely to pay for CrowdStrike right now. Google gives me a full Jose ratio of 162. So right now, right, Google is not a growth company compared to these. So that Jose's ratio is a little different. So the more companies I start to get here and add to this list, the more I, I'm going to start to see how companies compare to each other. But right now, Crowd, to be honest, we had what? We had a very strong balance sheet. We had a very strong revenue growth. We had a very strong free cash flow margins so i 100 percent, i 100 percent see why investors are paying it and right now i might be late to the game but i honestly think i might end up going with a small position in zoom and crowd because even if i was wrong back then when i thought it might have been a little overvalued after looking at this ratio that i created and this was for me a pretty unbiased ratio is me taking a look at growth CrowdStrike seems to be cheaper than Spotify. And I am pretty bullish on Spotify. At the end of the day, this ratio doesn't really tell me much about the overall market, right? We don't, uh, but at the same time, it helps me be able to compare to compare to my other holdings. And like I said, I'm very bullish in Spotify. So to see this actually be cheap, to see CrowdStrike and Zoom actually be cheaper than Spotify, to me, it gives me, hey, Jose, it might actually be a smart decision to buy even a small position in Zoom and a small position in CrowdStrike.
And for that reason, I think I, sh I am going to enter even a small portion of my of my portfolio in both Zoom and CrowdStrike. And again, right, I might be late to the game. I might have been wrong before, but sometimes, hey, for the long term of things, seeing this company's revenue growth, right, we saw triple digit growth on revenue. If you were wrong before, that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't hurt to be wrong, but don't continue to be wrong. And I'm hoping this is what's going to happen. I understood my I understand my mistake after looking at this earnings both zoom and crowd are honestly i think ready uh, I, i'm able to i'm gonna go in and buy an entry position so that's it for this episode like always guys don't forget to hit the thumbs up subscribe and hit the bell it helps the small channel out so much i truly truly appreciate it to me i do think after taking a look at this ratio i am gonna enter a position in crowd and soon and just keep an eye on them and if they continue if they drop any more i would go in even a little more each time